This is HPR episode 2796 entitled IRS Credit Freezes and Junk Mail Oh My. It is posted by operator and is about 12 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is IRS Credit Freezes and Junk Mail. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio with your host operator. Today we're going to be talking about credit freezing, credit monitoring, and the Equifax breach briefly, and how to kind of get yourself a little bit more secure as far as your personal identity goes. So if you haven't heard, the Equifax breach was quite a hit to um, of many hits that we've had over the course of a few years to people's privacy. Um, the problem with all this, and I'll take some notes from a dark web episode that um, they did on this, but if it's a podcast, it's actually pretty pretty cool. Um, if you they have a segment about this whole thing, um, what what it's, ends up happening is a lot of these services, when you do opt into them or authenticate to these services, such as TransUnion, Equifax, Experion, LexisNexis, all the big ones, when they authenticate you they're using information that they already know about you to authenticate and other third-party services use that same type of information to authenticate so for example you're in some weird bank and you're taking out a loan somewhere an online loan or whatever and maybe you have to fill out a questionnaire before you can authenticate or get a loan those questions are um, I don't remember the term that he used in the podcast but um, they're kind of like reversed security questions <laughs> so they have a bunch of information on you and based on those answers they know what if you're talking to the right person so they'll ask you from what i can tell at least with experion transunion and equifax they will ask you questions that are uh, answers that are false that will set you up for failure and then maybe one of them will be right so for example you'll have a multiple choice of uh one out of four answers and there'll be five questions or maybe four questions. So out of these four questions, they will have, um, or five questions, they'll have four answers and one of them might be correct. And the other ones are usually false from what I can tell. So that right there gives you an indication that, um, you know, that, that it's not quite the best of ideas because if you know by percentage wise i'm not a math guy but if you know by percentage wise that uh, the three of the answers are most likely going to be uh not true then you basically have a 30 percent chance to get it right within guessing three to four to five times after you get before you get locked out so when you authenticate to these services they will ask you those questions 
And say, for example, they'll say you took out a loan for a car on this date, or you lived in Wyoming for three years or whatever, and you know that you didn't live in Wyoming, so you're going to answer that as none of the above. So um, from what it sounds like, uh, not a 33% chance, but, you know, one out of five or one out of four chance, um, you're going to get actually uh, a, a passing uh, authentication, which has some concern on its own merit. Um, so if you look for basically opting out, you can Google. The easiest thing to do is Google the Clark Howard article on this, and it will explain how to get to the websites for TransUnion, Equifax, Experion, and how to opt out. I had issues with the automatic opting out of Experion, I think. And they kept telling me that I was wrong and I didn't know who I was, which is quite hilarious. Um, so I'm going to have to paper opt out of that one. And also the, the podcast also mentioned to set a pin for your um, IRS account, which Incidentally, those same types of questions are the same ones you use to set the pin and or reset the pin, which I guess is better than nothing than not having a pin at all. I don't know. So in that regard, um, I haven't done that piece of it yet, but I have frozen uh, two out of the three and I'm looking to do some more opting out um, as far as information sharing and doing some more opting out of um or credit credit monitoring or free credit monitoring services. So in the in the wake of all this breachy stuff, um, Equifax, TransUnion, Experian all agreed to give away free credit monitoring at the end of the day. It literally took an act of Congress to make that happen for us. So um, if you've ever heard that joke, it took an act of Congress to do X. It literally took an act of Congress to get, allow people to have control or at least some uh, appearance of control of their own personal data. So in that regard, it wasn't too much of a bad process to set that up. I use password managers for all that. Um, and you, you, the idea is that it's supposed to have uh, monitoring on there. And the reason I'm making this post is that um, I, I got my first alert from Equifax and I was like, ooh, it says, you know, making a large purchase, question mark. And I thought, oh, maybe someone's trying to query my account to make a large purchase for a loan or something or try to look at my account. Well, it ended up just being spam anyway. So that gave me the idea to do a quick little podcast about this and give my feedback where I'm at in the process and, you know, some of the frustrations that go along with that. Um, you know, there are other services out there that will help you. Uh, protect your identity and like life lock and all that types of things. I, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's kind of a mixed bag. I don't know what practices keep you more safe or less likely to have your identity stolen. I, to my knowledge, haven't had my identity stolen, but then again, somebody could charge, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars to my account. Um, and I wouldn't even know about it. But what I have done and what I would suggest is have two checking accounts. One, checking account is basically your main checking account that you share with your spouse. And that, that account is uh, shared and uh, is not used for anything super important except for, or only used for super important things like a loan or paying off your house or whatever car payments, anything like that. And even then, if it's under, you know, $500 or so, I still like to use a kind of internet checking account. And this internet checking account is still connected to the checking account. And you can actually add the option to have overdraft protection in it, which half defeats the purpose of the account itself. 
But um, what I try to do is keep um, mint.com alerts set up for those accounts. And if they dip under a certain amount, you know, 10 grand or not 10 grand, whew, um, a grand or so, that will automatically deposit more money in there or manually deposit more money in there, not automatically. So the idea there is that that checking account is attached to a credit card and that credit card is attached to the safe quote unquote checking account that's not connected to the main account. So for example, if that checking account were to be compromised from a PayPal issue or a PayPal, you know, perspective, or maybe somebody is able to access that account, it's only going to be have a few thousand dollars in there at the at any given time and that i feel like that limits the exposure from an identity perspective um there's nothing you can do about somebody opening up credit or a credit card or whatever but from as far as uh people stealing money physical money from you i feel like if you can minimize the accounts associated with for all intents and purposes shady transactions you can uh, kind of minimize that risk of getting uh, your whole entire bank stuff compromised. So we've been rolling with that. I have been sent, I mean, over the course of, you know, I'm approaching an old age now, I'm 38 almost. Excuse me. And I haven't had, to my knowledge, any identity theft issues. Um, I don't write a lot of checks. And to my knowledge, my wife hasn't had any identity issues. Um, we don't travel a lot anymore, at least. Um, that might have something to do with it. But really, I purchased a lot of things online. I use the credit card for the checking, the, the internet checking account a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if that credit card number is breached on a weekly basis. Based on my knowledge in, in doing pen testing for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, um, I would say that credit card number is compromised on a weekly basis because I put it everywhere. I, I put it when I order something. It's for PayPal. I use it for Steam. I use it for every kind of any account. And at the end of the day, um, you know, we're in theory not liable for those charges if we keep track of them. But at, at the end of the day, if they do get access to that account, you know, worst case scenario, you're looking at a couple of grand um, from there. So, I use that to minimize, and I don't know how effective that is um, from a from a vulnerability or risk perspective. But you know, I felt like really it felt really gross to have my checking account associated with a bunch of uh, you know weird internet websites um, or donation sites. I use a lot for two. So, you me. <clears throat> um, I think that's what I'll, I'll say. All I'll say about that. Um, if you have any suggestions, feel free to post in the show notes. Um, I would like to have something else, other free service or even a cheap service. You know, I'd be willing to pay maybe $3 a month for some kind of enhanced credit reporting, monitoring, um, some kind of query base to know when people are looking at my credit um, and things like that. So we're pretty much set with our um, uh, finances. So we only have the house payment. So we could actually, excuse me, lock our credit down and be pretty, pretty safe from there. And as long as we're not making a big purchase or anything like that, we don't have a big issue with, with any of that. So, um, if you have any ideas about a free or cheap service that, you know, might cost three bucks a month for, for each identity, um, I would like to set that up for myself and my wife just to get an idea of how, how nasty all this stuff is. 
at the end of the day. Um, but there's a great podcast out there for on dark web about the IRS issues and how 150 accounts were attached to the same email address. And, you know, the IRS has been in a, in a body human body deficit and resource deficit for decades now. So what better target than the IRS to, to attack because there's lots of money there that's backed by the government and your taxes. So when they get breached, guess what? Who pays for that? You do out of, out of, out of your pocket because it goes to taxes. And, you know, at the end of the day, that money gets pulled from somewhere else. That's essentially still your money. Um, so it's something we need to be cognizant of. And, you know, these companies get breached, they end up making money for a short time. And the only losers are, are the people that they have their data of, and that you can't get rid of that data because it's data that they collected. And, you know, that's that you never told them that they could collect. Right. But, um, that's pretty much it. Um, and, um, I might do another segment once I get maybe some feedback on this one. And find any more services that kind of protect, help your ID, identity and see if something's going on. Things like LastPass will tell you and, and have I been pwned is kind of synced up to, to LastPass and will tell you if your, excuse me, internet, excuse me, internet identities are, are compromised and things like that. But other than that, I don't really know of any good identity monitoring services that, that can do that for you. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.